This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Your telephone rings and the person on the other end says, this is an official call from the, from the Royal Palace in London. And you say to yourself, this is the funniest uh, call that I've ever received. I know this is not true. But then he goes on to say that you've been given an invitation to, to come to London and to visit with the Queen. And you'll receive a packet in the mail the very next day to giving you all the instruction, all expenses paid. You hang up thinking, yeah, come before the Queen. Well, to your surprise, the next day a package comes. In that package are the tickets for you to go to London. There, there, there are all your expenses are going to be paid and you're going to have an audience with a, with a queen. This starts running through your mind. Well, what am I supposed to say? What am I going to wear when I come before the queen of England? And, and, and I know you're supposed to take her some kind of a gift. Well, what will I take the queen? And all, all of those kinds of things start running through your mind. Today, we're not going to be talking about an audience with a queen. We're going to talk about coming before the king, becoming before the king, the king of the universe. Please stay tuned today. I'm Billy Lambert. I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we want to welcome you today to our telecast, thanking you for tuning in. Please stay tuned. We're going to talk about the importance of coming before the king coming before the King, God Almighty. And now on getting to know your Bible, you offer a free Bible course. And we want to pause just long enough and you can learn more about the course and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. If you have your Bible, turn with me today to Hebrews chapter 4 beginning at verse 14 and reading to the end of the chapter, that is through verse 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Now listen carefully to verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This passage tells us about coming before the throne of the king. 
And God has a throne. And he is, uh, His throne is described in the Bible in Psalms 11 and 4 as a heavenly throne. It is described in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 28 as a, as a throne of mercy. It is further described in Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 to 15 as a throne of judgment. But I want us to think about the text of our study today, primarily verse 16 where he says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That, that tells us about the object of our attention. And the object of our attention is indeed the throne of grace. This is talking about the throne of God. And the throne of God is typified by the mercy seat in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people worshipped in a tabernacle, which was a tent-like structure. It was divided into two portions, and one of those portions or places was called the most, most holy place. And inside that most holy place, there was the, was the Ark of the Covenant. And, and the Ark of the Covenant had on either end cherubs. And then in the middle of that was the mercy seat. And it was once a year that the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies and offer blood upon the mercy seat for his sins, the sins of his family, and for the sins of all of the people. And that was done as a, an atonement for their sins, but the next year they had to do that all over again and offer the, that blood upon that mercy seat again because it wasn't possible that the blood of bulls and goats would take away sin. Jesus Christ offered himself as a, an atonement for the sins of man. And Jesus Christ has entered into the holiest of holies that is into heaven on behalf of us. And now it is through Jesus Christ that God has propitiated for the sins of the people. Listen to 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things write I unto thee that you sin not, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, this passage tells us that God, through Jesus, has offered mercy for the sins of the people. And here we see that Jesus Christ has become our mediator between God and man. That's what Paul wrote about in 1 Timothy 2, starting in verse 4, where he said that God would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus offered himself as an atonement for our sins. He is our mediator between God and man. He is our high priest. And Jesus Christ as our high priest has entered into heaven on our behalf. And, and so now we look at the manner of our approach to the throne of God. We're talking about coming to the throne of grace. And the manner of our approach is that we come with boldness. Come boldly to the throne of grace. That means with, with the absence of fear. That means we come with confidence. And that means that we come with a great deal of faith on our part. 
Now, we're not talking about coming with arrogance. We're not coming with a, a presumptuous spirit. We're not t- talking about coming irreverently to the throne of God. But we're talking about coming boldly to the throne of God. And that means that we come with freedom of speech, freedom of access, and we come frequently to the throne of God. You and I can come to the throne of God because Jesus Christ paid the price on Calvary, entered into heaven at last for me and for you. And He is indeed our high priest today. But now how do we come boldly before the throne of grace? We come boldly, and this is the reason we come. We come boldly because of God's command. God has commanded that we come boldly. Listen to to Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. Call upon me, and I will answer. Call upon me, and I will answer. That's why we ought to come boldly before the throne of grace. We come boldly before the throne of grace because of God's goodness. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11, after Jesus is in talking about prayer said, Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. He said in verse 11, If you being evil give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? You see, we ought to come boldly because of God's goodness. God wants to bless us. He wants to hear our prayers and He wants to bless us. We ought to come because of His Son. Hebrews 7, 25 says that Jesus lives and He makes intercession. He ever lives and makes intercession for us. Jesus intercedes for us before the throne of God. He can do that because He is our merciful high priest. Verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 4, or 15 rather says that we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points like as are we, yet without sin. Jesus can go before the throne of God and say, Father, I understand. I lived in a human body. I can understand what it is to be tempted. He was tempted, but he did not sin. He intercedes on our behalf. Therefore, come boldly before His throne. We can come boldly because of His love, because of His care. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, the Bible says, Cast in all of your care on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. And one of the ways we cast our cares upon Him is going to Him in prayer. We, ought to, we can come boldly before the throne of grace because of the Holy Spirit. I believe there are times that we don't know exactly how to express ourselves to God. And according to Paul in Romans 8, 26, there are times when the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There are times that the Holy Spirit goes before the throne on our behalf. I I can recall the time that, that our daughter died. And the doctor came in the room and he said, Mr. Lambert, your daughter's going to die. I asked everyone to leave the room, and my wife and I prayed. And it's a very difficult prayer to pray for sure. And I said, Louise, we're going to pray that God will help us to be better people and not bitter people. I couldn't tell you a word I said that day in that prayer. But I believe that was a time in times like that that we have help from the other side. Yes, indeed, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. 
But what is the benefit of coming before the throne of God? We come boldly before the throne of God to obtain mercy. Our God is a God of mercy. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 tells us He's the Father of mercies. He, is, he has forgiving mercy. He's willing to forgive. Just like His attitude toward His children, backslidden children in Isaiah chapter 1, when He said in verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God has sparing mercy. Indeed, He has. Aren't you thankful for His sparing mercy? I'm not sure where this old world would be were it not for God's sparing mercy. In Nehemiah 13 and 22, there the Bible says, Spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. And so we come boldly before the throne of grace because His is a sparing mercy. His is a daily mercy. I love Lamentations chapter 3 and verses 22 and 23. It is out of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. They fail not. And He says they are new when? Every morning. God's mercies are new every day. They're His daily mercies. And then we, we, there is His mercy on the judgment day. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul was praying for his friend Onesiphorus. And this is one of the things that he prayed for with this man Onesiphorus, that he will find mercy of the Lord in that day. So when we come before the throne of God in prayer, when we come before the King, come before the King, we come before a King who is a God of mercy. But when we come before that throne of the King, we come to find grace, to help in time of need. You're tempted, come before the throne. Because there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will the temptation make a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We come before that throne of grace to find grace when we're in trouble. Listen to Psalms 46 and 1. The Lord is my refuge, my strength, the very present help in time of trouble. When you're in trouble, come before the throne of the king. And then we can come before that throne when we're hurt. Are you hurting today? Hurting in your heart? I'm talking about your, you have emotional problems and emotional distresses. Come before the throne of the king. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, Paul had prayed three times that God would remove a thorn he had, but God's answer was, My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Then when, you, when you're lonely, you can, you can come before the throne of the king to find a grace to help in time of need. Listen to what God said. And if you're lonely, this is to you. This is your word today. Some of you live alone. You're lonely. Some of you maybe are, are single again and you're lonely. Maybe some of you are away from your family and, and there are certain times of the year that it's more difficult than others, especially during times of holidays. And this is your word. God said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Come boldly before the king to find grace in time of loneliness. And sometimes people are just broken. I mean, they're just broken. Their lives are, have, have just gone so far in the wrong direction. 
that they are just broken in spirit, broken in heart, and they don't know where to go. Listen to the psalmist in Psalms 42 and 6. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Is that the way you feel now? I want you to know that you can come boldly, boldly before the throne of the King in time of brokenness in your life. Let me tell you about some who went to that throne. I think about David. He had sinned, took a man's wife, had the man killed. And yet David in Psalms 51 said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. Cleanse me from my sins. David came before the throne of God and he asked for mercy. He asked for cleansing. And then I think about the publican in Luke chapter 18. He would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven. He smote his breast and he prayed, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He came before the throne of God and he asked for mercy in time of need. I think about Hezekiah in Isaiah chapter 38. Isaiah knocked on his door and he said, Hezekiah, set your house in order because you're going to die. You're not going to live any longer. But Hezekiah, we're told in the text in Isaiah 38, turned his face to the wall and he prayed that God would lengthen his life. And he did by 15 years. He prayed to God. He asked for mercy and he received it. I think about uh, Hezekiah, uh, or rather uh, Ezra, in Ezra chapter 9. And Ezra came back out of the captivity that the people had been in for some 70 years. And when he came back, he found that the, some of the people, some of the people that had been left behind intermarried with the nations round about, which they were not supposed to do, and it broke Ezra's heart. He rent his mantle. He pulled the hair out of his beard. He fell flat on the ground before the face of God and he poured his heart out unto God and he prayed, Oh Lord, give us a little reviving in this place. He prayed to God. He came before the throne of God. And then I think about something that I read in the book of Revelation chapter 4. A man who came before the throne of God was John who wrote the book of Revelation. In chapter 4, he said a door was opened into heaven. And there was a throne set in heaven. That's in verse 2. And there was one that sat on that throne. That one that sat on that throne was none other than the king. The king is sitting on the throne. And then there was round about that throne four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And these beasts were saying in verse 8, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And then in verse 11, he said, Thou art worthy, O Lord. Now think about that. He's before the king, the throne of the king. He said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. In every instance of these people who came before the throne, they recognized God. They recognized the need for mercy. They recognized how wonderful and great and mighty and powerful God is. And there was the need for cleansing in their, in their lives. Oh, that we would come before the throne of God. Our daily prayer life. Please listen. Our daily prayer life 
ought to be characterized by reverence and godly fear. Would you agree with that? Well, what does that mean? What, what does it really mean to come before the throne of the king with reverence and godly fear? Does that mean that when you pray that you close your eyes? Well, you may close your eyes. But just because your eyes are closed does not necessarily mean that you've come before the throne of the king in reverence. Someone says, well, I think, Brother Lambert, that means that you ought to fold your hands when you pray. And I think that's a good practice. But a person may fold their hands when they pray. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're praying with reverence. Someone says, I know you need to get down on your knees when you pray. And that's a good practice as well. To get on your knees to pray. But conceivably, a person could be down on their knees with their eyes closed and their hands folded and they not be praying before the king with reverence and godly fear. Someone says, I know that you need to quote scripture when you pray. I've heard men do that when they would lead a prayer. And I suppose that there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's unnecessary because God wrote the book it's no need for us to tell God what He's already written. So I'm not sure that shows that we're praying with reverence and godly fear. Someone says, well, I think that when you pray, you ought to use flowery speech and language and lots of adjectives when you pray. Well, there's not anything wrong with doing that. But conceivably, a person could use great flowery language and they may not be praying with reverence and godly fear. Someone says, I think that to pray reverently, Brother Lambert, you need to pray a long prayer. I remember about the third sermon I ever preached as a boy preacher. The old brother they called on from prayer that day got down on his knees between the pews. And that old brother prayed longer that day than I preached. Of course, I didn't preach but about 15 or 20 minutes that day. I told them all I knew that day. But you see, just because we pray a long prayer doesn't necessarily mean that it's a reverential prayer. Have you not noticed that some of the most effective prayers prayed in the Bible were relatively short? Listen to the prayer of the publican. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So when we come before the throne of the king, how should we come? We ought to come before the throne of the king with strong faith in the king. A deep abiding faith in God. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder or a blesser, if you were, please, of them that believe in him, that accept him, that obey him, that receive him. You see, we need to have a we ought to have trust in God. How much do you really trust God? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. Some one fellow said, I trust God so much that if God were to tell me to jump through a brick wall, I'd jump and, and I would depend on God to supply the hole. Well, 
I don't think God's going to do that. But that's a lot of trust, isn't it? How much trust, real trust, do you have in God? And to pray with reverence means we pray with confidence. When you pray, do you really think something's going to happen? This is the confidence that we have in Him. 1 John 5, 14 reads, that, in it, that this is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything, ask, do what? Ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Confidence. Do you have confidence in your prayers? And then when we pray, we need to see God is our only way out, is our only hope. We ought to realize that when we come before the King, we've gone as far as we can go. That, 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 we, that when you have your back up against the wall and you think there's nowhere to turn, let me encourage you to come before the throne of grace. You come before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. I believe God answers prayer. The reason I believe that is because the Bible teaches it. And the second reason I believe that God answers prayers, I've seen prayers answered. A young man whom I know who is a member of the Church of Christ in Somerdale, was in a terrible motorcycle accident. His body was broken. His brain was shifted inside of his skull. And really the doctors thought there was no help. But people began to travail before the throne of God. And that young man is now recovering at Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia because of the power of prayer when you come before the King. Are you a Christian? Are you on speaking terms with God? Give your life to Jesus. Jesus said, He who believes, he who is baptized shall be saved. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, my prayer is that you will study these things and it will help, call us if we can help you, write to us, email us. We love you and may God bless you until we meet again. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1 877 Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1 877 711 5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.